On today's episode of the Sports by Fry podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about the NFL Week 9 action, now that that is in the books. Of course, I need to touch on my NFL fantasy team, which is slowly surging towards a playoff spot. I'm 6-4 and four now, which is nice. 6-3, and three, sorry. I shouldn't give myself another loss, because let's be honest, I need every win I can get. Uh, things aren't as good looking with my NBA fantasy team. I'm sitting 0-3 with a tough matchup against uh, Dan Powell this week, so hopefully I can top him. Of course, there's not just NBA fantasy to talk about. I'll talk a little bit about some of the games from last night and touch on college basketball, which is finally back in our lives. Welcome to the Sports by Fry podcast channel. Thank you for tuning in once again. My name is Fry. And today, I'm going to touch on a few things, NFL, NBA, and college basketball-wise. College basketball's back. I just finished watching the Michigan State and Kansas game, so I want to quickly get this podcast done before the Duke and Kentucky game starts, because that is going to be a fantastic match. Um, I'm going to start with some NFL stuff, though. Big weekend of action. Pretty, actually, no, I take it back. It was some pretty average games on the weekend. It wasn't really captivating to watch, with the exception of probably two of the marquee games. Of course, the eyes of the NFL community were glued to watch the LA Rams take on the New Orleans Saints, which might have been one of the games of the year. The Saints and the Rams got off to a pretty fast start. It was pretty high scoring, but then LA just kind of struggled to find their mojo. Full credit to New Orleans. They definitely won the game. LA didn't lose it. Um, And the Saints in the process might have moved to the number one ranking as the team who can take out the Super Bowl. Uh, I think... If they can get a two seed, which it looks like they're probably going to push towards it, and they can get home field advantage throughout a few playoff games, nothing's impossible. Drew Brees is playing really good. Their offense is clicking. I think the Rams, it's their first loss of the season, so I'm not going to overreact and say that they need to fix anything. But, yeah, they did look a little bit shaky. Their defense, well, Marcus Peters in particular, got torched. So they probably should have addressed uh, another area rather than their defensive line at the trade deadline, but whatever. Um, This NOLA and the LA game was, like I said, probably the only bright spot on the weekend. Obviously, watching Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers go head-to-head was a bit of a boil over, but it was always exciting to see two of the greatest of our generation go head-to-head. I think the last time they played was back in the early 21st century, and they're not scheduled to play again for another five or six years, according to NFA NFA, NFL schedule masters, so it might be the last time, unless they both play each other in the Super Bowl, we see those two goats go at it. Uh, like I said though, pretty average weekend of games. We learnt a little bit about some of the teams who we thought might have been fringe contenders. Washington laid an egg against Atlanta. I thought the Redskins would do a bit better than they did, but full credit to Atlanta. Matt Ryan was on point and they torched the Redskins at home. Uh, my Carolina Panthers got a big win over the Bucks. It wasn't all good news, though. I think they launched out to a 35-7 to lead, and then Tampa Bay came clawing back. So it wasn't all good signs in Carolina. I think I have the Panthers, and the next team I'm going to talk about, the Vikings, just a little tier below those other aforementioned NFC guys, like the Rams and the Saints. They're good teams, but I don't think they can win at all. I mean, the other teams just look too good, but... Strange things happen in the playoffs. You never know. Um, Like I said, the Vikings, they got another W as well. They took care of business against Detroit, slowly climbing up the rankings. They got off to a bit of a shaky start 
did Minnesota. They're actually my pre-season pick to win it all. So it's good to see that they have put their bad start behind them. They're sitting 5-3-1 and one now. Just a little off the lead in the NFC North with uh, the Chicago Bears holding out by half a game, which actually, speaking of the Chicago Bears, they towed Buffalo. Poor Nathan Peterman. He stood no chance against that Bears defense. Uh, the other big game that I want to talk about quickly is the Steelers-Ravens game because I'll be honest, I didn't have a lot of faith in Pittsburgh, especially after this whole Le'Veon Bell saga uh, developed in the preseason and, and the start of the season. I thought they might fall off a little bit and this might be the year that the Steelers didn't make the playoffs and they weren't the cream of the AFC North. But yeah, after nine weeks, they're once again leading their division and it looks like they're going to walk to a playoff spot. They won four on the trot after their 1-2-1 one, and one start, and the Bengals and the Ravens don't really look like stealing the lead off of them. So, full credit to Pittsburgh. I think even if this Le'Veon Bell drama continues and he doesn't actually return to the team, which would baffle me if he didn't. I'm sure he's going to play in Week 10 after their bye, but whatever. Um, like I said, they're actually pretty well set up with James Connor at running back. He's setting all sorts of stupid Steelers records for the most yards and the most touchdowns he's got over the first few weeks. So, yeah, props to him. He deserves uh, some credit. And the Pittsburgh Steelers deserve some credit as a whole. I think they can challenge maybe the Patriots and the Chiefs and the cream of the AFC. Like I mentioned at the top, the uh, NFL fantasy team that is being captained by yours truly is uh, starting to take shape. A couple of trades have started to shape up my roster. I'm still trying to combat the Goliath that is JLo, who has a stacked roster and I think I'm, I'm slowly building momentum I'm not I'm not going to get overly confident but like I said I'm sitting at six and three now a couple of weeks left in our season um, I'm going to do an article tomorrow on some dudes because the NFL fantasy trade deadline's coming up within the next few days from memory I think it's November the 10th so I'm going to do an article tomorrow on some potential dudes that you might want to grab just before the deadline and some dudes you might want to sell as well. I did already write such an article for the NBA fantasy, a little bit of a buy and sell. A couple of controversial names could be found on the list, but you know, it's a small sample size. We've still only seen about 10 games of NBA dudes and everything changes on a weekly basis in the NBA, almost on a nightly basis, let's be honest. So it's tough to peg exactly considering they play 82 games compared to a 16 like an NFL player um, it's gonna to be tough to peg some buy sell candidates for the long term but yeah I think I did a pretty good job uh, if I do say so myself at finding some dudes who could be diamonds in the rough and other guys who have overachieved so check that out at sportsbyfright.com uh, enough fantasy talk I want to talk real basketball I haven't I'll be honest <laughs> As a proud Cavs fan, I don't think I've sat through an entire Cleveland game yet this season. Can you blame me, considering we're, what, 1-9, and 1-10? and 10? I don't even know. I've stopped looking at the standings, to be honest. I just know we're at the bottom. Um, but it was pretty, pretty heartbreaking that the game I did decide to fully watch and fully commit to was one against the Orlando Magic, where we blew a lead in the last 30 or 40 seconds just with stupid turnovers, which led to uh, Evan Fournier hitting a buzzer beater. Although I'm kind of okay with it, because let's be honest, when LeBron left, we knew we were going to suck. And the fastest way for us to get better is to hit rock bottom. So the sooner we bottom out, we fired our coach. There's the only way's up, really. I'm trying to convince uh, myself here, I think. But speaking of uh, those Cavs and being at the bottom of the standings, hopefully that means we can get a good draft pick. 
Uh, I wrote an article on the weekend about some of the potential top picks in next year's draft. All three of them who play for Duke, actually. RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish and Zion Williamson. I'll talk a little bit about that later. Like I said, college ball's back now. So, yeah, the Cavs aren't looking great. But the second game of the night that I fortunately tuned into was the barn burner between the Nuggets and the Celtics, which was... In my eyes, might be game of the year early on. That Nuggets-Warriors one was pretty good, and I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two other pretty epic matches. But, yeah, those Nuggets and Celtics went toe-to-toe for 48 minutes, and if it wasn't for Jamal Murray scoring about 19 points straight in the fourth quarter, then it might have gone the other way. It was The game was in the balance until probably, I'd say, five minutes to go, and then it was an epic battle between Jamal and Kyrie Irving. I think he shot, like, 14 of 17 for 31 points. Kyrie, that is. Something ridiculous like that. But it was the talking point of the night was easily Jamal Murray, who scored his career high with 48 and then went for 50 uh, somewhat controversially, maybe in the eyes of some. He took a shot with the game pretty much decided um, and a lot of the Celtics players reacted strongly to it. Well, I The best way to sum that up, I think Jalen Rose did it best. He sent out a tweet earlier that said, if you don't want to see Jamal score 50 or you're going to get butt hurt that he's trying to get 50 don't let him get 48 in the first place Celtics have really only got themselves to blame but yeah whatever I don't think he meant any disrespect by it can't blame the kid for going for 50 I would have done it so the Nuggets might actually be the second best team in the West now I know there's a couple of other teams who might turn their nose up at me saying that but throughout the early part of the season no one's really convinced me I mean Portland and San Antonio are the two teams trailing Denver in the standings. I don't really have a lot of faith in either of them. Maybe the Spurs. And then going down from that, the Clippers, the Kings, the Thunder, maybe, the Grizzlies. And then, obviously, the Rockets are on the outside looking in, and the Jazz, actually. So, yeah, Denver might just make a claim as the uh, second-best team in the West, which, considering how competitive the West is this year, would be pretty huge. I remember hearing on uh, Bill Simmons' podcast. Bill Simmons' podcast? Might have been one of the other ringer podcasts um, earlier today that the Nuggets have nine players on their roster under the age of 23. So even if they can't crack through and hold on to their already awesome uh, lead they've got from people behind them this season and can't hold on to a top four seed, I think there's a bright future in Denver. So kudos to the Nuggets. They deserve uh, all the credit they're getting so far. Unfortunately, I did have to tune into a bit of the Bulls and Knicks uh, during a game break. And uh, luckily enough, I managed to watch the five minutes of overtime that, I'll be honest, that might have been the worst five minutes of NBA basketball I've ever seen. There was more turnovers than there was made shots in the overtime period. I think there was eight, maybe nine from memory. So, yeah, clearly two teams that are embracing the tank. Um, And talking of the tank, I think we're going to start to see some teams really just go with the youth movement. The Knicks uh, heard them say, uh, the announcers say last night, that they started their youngest group ever or something along those lines so they're clearly getting some minutes into the kids the Bulls are doing a similar thing hopefully Cleveland can switch on and start Colin Sexton and some of those other dudes but whatever I digress the only other major talking point from last night really was a couple of tweaks and injury wise Uh, Westbrook and Draymond both went down no long-term injuries for both but I think Westbrook might miss a game or two Uh, Draymond in a similar boat but I think he's okay so If you have either of those dudes on your fantasy team, make sure you uh, adjust accordingly. might be smart to pick up Dennis Schroeder if he's on your waivers. He might start a few games with Russ out. 
Over the weekend, I'll probably do a bit of an update for my NBA MVP rankings. Um, I did my first one, I think after about four or five games, and Ant Davis was right at the top of the totem pole. But since then, I think I don't think the Pels have won a game, so obviously that's going to change a bit. Um, so yeah, make sure you check that out and hit up sportsbyfry.com. I'm going to be doing a big Fantasy Friday once again this Friday. And mark my words, I will uh, be doing a YouTube video and podcast for that as well. So stay tuned for both of them. Uh, before I quit this one though, just a quick touch. Like I said, college ball is back. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't done a lot of prep for the college season this year. I did last year and really dived in, analysed all the teams and things like that. And to be honest, I've just lost interest because there's just not as much fun watching college basketball as it is NBA. I don't have a vested interest in any of the schools, really. I call myself an Ohio State fan, but I didn't go to any of the colleges. I don't know any of the colleges, so it's tough to really get behind it. That being said, there are some pretty exciting young prospects uh, in this year's class. Uh, some people are calling it a weaker class than the last few years, but I think we've been a little bit spoilt, to be honest. So the Duke-Kentucky game will be stacked with freshman stars that you could see in the NBA very soon. Uh, like I mentioned, Duke managed to land the top three recruits in last year's recruiting class in Cam Reddish, Zion Williamson, and RJ Barrett. So the three of them will be three dudes that if you're a Cavs or Bulls or Knicks fan or something like that. You might want to watch more Duke games than you do Cavs, Knicks, Bulls games this year because one of those three is probably going to be the number one overall pick and it wouldn't surprise me if all three of them went in the top five. I think after doing a bit of a deep dive and watching some film and reading up on all three of the dudes, I like RJ Barrett as the best pro prospect early on. Um, Cam Reddish could surprise everyone and actually take that claim though because he's kind of the only real knack on him is he doesn't really have that competitive, like, killer instinct. He seems sometimes to be a little bit, you know, uh, cruising and just going through the motions. But if you're the best player on a high school team and you're just bullying other 15, 16, 17-year-olds, then I can see why he would lose motivation. So watch this space. If he comes out firing to start the college season, he might shoot up draft boards and maybe even uh, put himself in number one overall position. Zion Williamson is the most popular name out of the three, let's be honest. His huge Instagram and YouTube following has seen him skyrocket into a household name. I'm a little bit... I don't know how I feel about Zion. He's, he's got all the tools and potential to be a really good player, but he's very unique and in a good and a bad way. He doesn't really have a lot of skills on the perimeter. He's shown that he can kind of shoot the ball, but he really just relies on his athleticism to dominate. We've seen someone like Russell Westbrook use his athleticism to propel him to great heights, and Zion could do the same thing, but he might just flame out if his athleticism is the only thing he's got. Um, all I know is that all three of those dudes will be hella fun to watch this season. So if you're looking for uh, some other decent players to watch rather than your crummy NBA team, then I suggest you tune in to watch a lot of Duke basketball this year. I don't think they'll win the title. Uh, I'm going to go on record on the 6th of November and say that I think Virginia will win the NCAA championship this year. Just so it's on record, I think J-Lo picked Villanova. So uh, if one of us is right in, I don't know, let me do the quick maths, in like five months' time, then we can uh, revert back to this clip. Um, once again, I have to do birthday shout-outs before I go. Pretty stacked day. Not really a lot of athletes, but some pretty famous names. 
Sally Field and Emma Stone, two pretty famous actresses, have their birthday today, along with big dog Ethan Hawke. Uh, Lamar Odom, thankfully, can celebrate another birthday. Uh, Pat Tillman, who... I didn't really know a lot about Pat Tillman. I'd heard of him. I knew he used to play in the NFL, but he was an NFL player who, after the 9-11 attacks, uh, quit professional football and went over to Afghanistan and Iraq and fought for America and actually died fighting for his country. So he would have turned, I think, from memory, 42 today. So shout out to Pat Tillman. And the man, the myth, the legend, James Naismith, the godfather of basketball. Thank you, James, for creating this game. And happy birthday, well, probably 142 or something stupid like that today. So happy birthday, James. That's going to do it for another episode. Make sure you give a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can find the Sports by Fry podcast on Spotify now. Um, I do promise, I know I've said this about five times and I'm the one that's most disappointed in myself for not doing it, but a YouTube video will go up on Friday. I'm going to make it a weekly uh, Fantasy Friday feature. If you're in Australia, it'll probably be Saturday morning or Saturday midday your time. Um, But for everyone else, it'll be up on Friday. So make sure you check that out. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, peace.